0: Well, how about this week for the Big 12? Things got awfully, awfully spicy. I'm Pete Mundo. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is, of course, how you find us for everything top to bottom in the Big 12 Conference. Great to be with you guys for another week. We have a midseason coaching change before Halloween. And if you told me before the season that somebody was going to get fired before Halloween... I would have said, no, nah, Halloween, no. End of the season, yeah. Yeah, sure, I could definitely see that. Before Halloween, it would have really had to have fallen apart. And you certainly would have not have convinced me that Matt Wells would have been fired with a 5-3 and three record and four games to go. But here we are. The Texas Tech Red Raiders fired Matt Wells on Monday. And a part of this, to me, was just due to the fact that the Red Raiders, first off, knew that the next four games were all against ranked teams and it was not going to be a good scene uh, for the Red Raiders these next four weeks. And if you end the season losing five straight, he's done anyway. If you don't have a great feel about the direction of the program, I can understand that. The way this team lost on Saturday to Kansas State blowing a 14-point lead uh, in the first half was a a huge, huge letdown. They were, you know, a half away from becoming bowl-eligible through the first eight games of the season and then they totally collapsed. It's just it was a it was a brutal game. And there's something else that happened here as well. Something that I did not know about until I started reading about it uh, this week. This commentary from Matt Wells. I want to play this audio for you. Matt Wells was asked on his coach's radio show by Chris Level What his favorite thing is about Lubbock, and this was on October 14th, so we're going back a couple of weeks now. Matt Wells could not name one thing that he really liked about Lubbock outside of, like, his family, which, dude, like, they're not Lubbock. That's got nothing to do with Lubbock. Your family's just there because you live there. It was the worst answer and the most uncomfortable answer I've ever heard from a head coach When asked something like this. And this is not a guy who's like in his third week in town. He's in his third year in town. And he couldn't find something that he liked about Lubbock. Listen to what Matt Wells said here. All right. And this was two weeks ago. You will never convince me that this did not play a role in Matt Wells getting blown out at Texas Tech. Here we go. Uh, What's your favorite thing about living in Lubbock? Well, um, favorite thing about living in Lubbock, uh, now everybody's looking at me. <laughs> well, the first thing that comes to mind is just probably just because of, you know, I I feel like I go right to the office and then I come home and I really don't see much of Lubbock unless it's the off season or the summer and that usually revolves around my family and so, you know, I've got one that's here that's in college and get to see her a lot. Wyatt's playing ball in three sports and I can get out and see him and I think the teams that he's on and the the men that coach him and and all those sports um it's awesome I mean it's been great experience for him and then Ella's a competitive gymnast and has a great gym to train in and great coaches and the people that support her and I, I think for Jen and I probably just that all three of them are they've got their activities and they're involved with their friends and The people that invest in their lives, we're very thankful for. So what I hear you saying is the people. Okay. Uh, You can hear Chris Lovell say at the end there, so what I hear you saying is the people. Well, that's a nice bailout by Chris. But no, he didn't say the people. He, He said his own family. He said his own stinking family. Dude, you can't answer the question. Now, Chris is right. The way you answer this is you say the people. And then you go on to say something like this if you're Matt Wells. You know, this Lubbock community has really embraced me from day one. And even though we haven't had the success that we've wanted to have, the people and the fans have always been fair to me, holding me accountable while showing their support for Texas Tech football, plus their passion cannot be matched. Sure, it's a ton of cliches, but at least it's a freaking answer. And it sounds a hell of a lot better than whatever Matt Wells just stumbled through in that clip I played for you a couple of weeks ago. So there is no way of knowing... If that ultimately did play a role in terms of you know what was going on here with the Texas Tech Red Raiders and Matt Wells and how that all played out. No way of knowing what role that played. But I will tell you right now, for boosters that are looking at this and saying the guys 7-16 and 16 in Big 12 play, uh, that may be the nail in the coffin. That may be very much the nail in the coffin and was the nail in the coffin for Matt Wells in some ways. And then Texas Tech on Saturday – It was like boy we're done here we're done and I feel bad you know I talked to Matt Wells on this show seems like a really good guy I was rooting for him to do well I wanted him to succeed at Texas Tech but um, you know they decided to pull the trigger here and now we'll see what they've got in store and and who they're gonna hire now that's the next question for Texas Tech who do you hire what do you do well the obvious answers or obvious choices that are circulating are Sonny Dykes, the SMU head coach. We all know the history there with Sonny Dykes in terms of, uh, you know, his father, Spike, longtime head coach, of course, for the Red Raiders. And obviously, Sonny's done a really good job at SMU as their head coach. I mean, you can't deny the success this guy has had. 24-6 and record the past three seasons. Reached 10 wins at SMU for the first time in the program history since 1983. But is it enough? And I'm always concerned with the legacy hire, all right? I'm always concerned with the quarterback coming home, right? The Cliff Kingsbury hire, the Scott Frost hire at Nebraska. Like, I always think that makes boosters feel good, but is that in the right and the best interest of the program? Not always. Not saying Sonny can't do it. I mean, he knows what it takes to recruit to Lubbock. He obviously knows Lubbock. So that's a good start, and he's having great success for SMU. So I'm not against it, but I don't think that the necessary tie to Texas Tech is one that you have to give extra points for. Then you've got who would be my pick, Jeff Trailer, UTSA head coach. His path to me is, is very similar to Art Bryles. I'm not comparing him to Art Bryles. Don't get triggered. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But there's all this talk about Art Bryles. At least there's some talk. I guess there are some influential people who want Texas Tech to hire Art Bryles. Don't hire Art Bryles. Why would you do that? I I know the guy won a lot of games, but why why, why would you do that? That's a firestorm that you don't need if you're Texas Tech. You just don't. And Art Bryles is 65 years old. How long is he going to do this for? He's going to be 66 in a few weeks. How long is Art Bryles going to do this for? Please, somebody tell me. So, anyway, Jeff Trailer though, has a similar trajectory to our Bryles, Texas high school football legend. Guy won four a uh, three 4A championships at Gilmer High School. He's got the stadium named after him. And now, as the UTSA head coach, he's got this team off to an 8-0 start. Uh, he has tied the record for most regular season wins in the program's young history. And they're in the top 25 for the first time. So... This guy would immediately give Texas Tech incredible credibility on the recruiting trail with an exciting young staff that understands the state. I mean, Matt Wells, that was kind of the weird hire about Matt Wells. He, he really knew nothing, if you look at his background, about recruiting in Texas. Uh, literally nothing. You look at the guy's resume, he spent time at Navy, Tulsa, New Mexico, Utah State. Like He didn't know Texas. Now, if you put guys around him that did, that's obviously something that can still work. It doesn't mean you have to know Texas to succeed as a head coach in Texas, but it certainly helps. And Matt Wells didn't have it. Well, Jeff Traylor has that. And he would be my pick to be the next head coach of the Texas Tech Red Raiders. A guy that can connect with these high school coaches. The on-field results speak for themselves. Uh, He knows and understands what it takes to... I believe, win in a place like Lubbock. Not that he's got necessarily personal experience there at that level. I'm not saying that at all. But he would understand it because just of his ties and connections to the state. So I think all that adds up to a guy that I want to see having great success in the Big 12, being able to get guys out there to West Texas, recruit to it, have great success with it. And I'd be excited to see what he could do. So I would give the lean to Jeff Trailer over a Sonny Dykes. But either guy I would be okay with. Uh, I would not go down the road of USC offensive coordinator Graham Harrell. That feels like Cliff Kingsbury 2.0. And even though I liked Cliff, I thought he deserved one more year when he was fired. And I've written about that multiple times. You can look it up. I mean, I wrote after Kingsbury was fired, this guy deserves one more year. He didn't get it. Not sure much would have been different, but it seems to work out just fine for Cliff. Guy's got his Arizona Cardinals with Kyler Murray in first place in the NFC West. So he's, he's like, thank goodness I got fired when I did. But uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how exactly this plays out for the Red Raiders and what they do because, you know, not that Texas Tech is going to compete with USC or LSU for a head coach, but you've got some huge, huge openings this offseason. And who knows what else could come down the pipeline, by the way. But obviously, you know, the dominoes that are going to fall here in the coaching world are going to fall quickly because with the early signing period, that's why coaches are getting canned, by the way, midseason. Because the early signing period in the middle of December, it's here before you know it. And if you've got a head coach who's a dead man walking and you're going to fire him, like, after the season ends, you may as well fire him now. Because if you fire a guy in early December and then you get the early signing period and then you've got guys who are like, well, I, you know, how am I going to commit to you I don't even know your coach is going to be you can't do that that makes it very difficult so it's uncomfortable for everybody and it's one of the many reasons I'm not a fan of the early signing period I'm glad it works for players I admit I'm being very selfish when I say this totally selfish when I say this but one of the reasons I don't like it is because if you're a head coach in the previous system before the early signing period when signing day was in February you could fire a coach after the season and you had, you know, two months to get a guy on board and try to maintain whatever it is that you had recruiting-wise or build on it even. Right? Like, you had an opportunity. You had a chance. You fire a guy after the season. You got an early signing period in, in two weeks. Guys like to sign now in the early signing period, understandably. They want it to be done. And you're scrambling. You're absolutely scrambling. So it's just uh, – it's a tough spot for everybody I understand it works for the players, so I'm, I'm I'm understanding and accepting of it. But it also puts programs and coaches in a tough spot. Very tough spot. So uh, we'll see how this whole thing plays out. I'm very, very intrigued by all this. I'm Pete Mundo. HeartlandCollegeSports.com is, of course, where you find us and where you join us here on the show each and every week. Before we continue with our Big 12 football power rankings, let me tell you about my friends at MyBookie. This Friday... The NBA lock of the season. Place a bet on either team to score. You heard that right. In the NBA. And a game has never ended in a 0-0 tie. All right. So place a bet on either team to score in the Friday night game between the Dallas Mavericks and Denver Nuggets. And when the first basket hits, you win. I, I know it might sound good, too good to be true. It's not. Also, how about this? A risk-free UFC bet up to $100 in the main event of UFC 267. If you miss on your bet, you'll get a refund in full up to $100 and it's only at MyBookie. They've been great partners of this site. Of course, we got a full slate of Big 12 games this weekend as well. It's where I'll be placing all my bets and you can double your sign up bonus today with the promo code BIG12. That is big 1 2 to double your first time deposit at mybookie.com. Please support those guys. They've been a huge part of helping us grow this show, and uh, we appreciate you guys joining them and being being a part of all they do. I mean, they have a great product, great platform. I've been using them for several years. So check them out, mybookie.com. Our promo code is BIG12, that is BIG12. Let's get to our power rankings. Let's dive into them here. Going into week nine of the Big 12 football season. Here we go. The Iowa State Cyclones take the top spot this week, jumping up from number four. And I know, I know, I know, some of you are going to say, oh, Iowa State, you were waiting to crown Iowa State in the top spot. Here's the thing. Here's the reason I gave them the edge. I know that Baylor has beaten Iowa State, but Iowa State just beat Oklahoma State, who beat Baylor. So I'm going on a recency bias, which I always talk about doing in my power rankings. I do it based on who you've played, who you've beaten and I do put a little extra emphasis on what happens on a week-by-week basis so for that reason I'm jumping Iowa State up to number one in this week's Big 12 football power rankings Uh, so you look at things right now and you say okay Iowa State got a great win over Oklahoma State over the weekend Brock Purdy is playing on a different level this month for Brocktober he's thrown seven touchdowns to zero interceptions And you compare that to the four touchdowns and four picks in the opening month of the season, it's night and day. So this team is still well positioned to be in Arlington come early December. All right. I mean, now, so are the Baylor Bears and the Oklahoma State Cowboys should all feel good. All three of these teams should feel good about things. But for this week, I'm giving Iowa State the edge in the number one spot. At number two, the Oklahoma State Cowboys bumping them down a spot from one. Yeah, it's hard-fought loss on the road in Ames. Tough place to play. Spencer Sanders actually, if you watch the game, played pretty well based on what his recent standards have been. And uh, if he plays like he did on Saturday, that's kind of a missing piece for Oklahoma State. If Spencer Sanders can, can do what he did on Saturday, I promise you this Oklahoma State team is going to be heard from and could play for a Big 12 championship. Because he was kind of that missing piece. You had Jalen Warren at running back. You had a great defense. You have a great defense. Now you throw in Sanders taking that next step, and you've got yourself a Big 12 contender. No doubt about it. At number three, the Baylor Bears holding steady. Now they were off this past weekend, so uh, they're maintaining the number three spot ahead of a huge matchup this weekend against Texas. And that'll be another good test for Baylor as they try to continue to build that program under Dave Aranda at number four in the big 12 football power rankings the Oklahoma Sooner is down from number two I know they won the game but I'm sorry I you're gonna put OU in the top spot or the secondary spot when they were a controversial play from having to get a defensive stop to hold on to beat the Kansas Jayhawks as a 38 point favorite not me I'm not doing it. Like I said, I do this on a week-by-week basis. I do it based on the eye test as well. I I give a lean into how you played the week prior. And OU is uh, falling two spots despite getting a win over the weekend. And hopefully for their sake, it's just a lapse in judgment for the weekend. But if not, OU is not going to get through this season unscathed. No doubt about it. It's not going to happen. At number five, the Texas Longhorns holding on to that number five spot this week. Texas also had a week off, bye week. Hopefully, Steve Sarkeesian taught his guys how to finish off games. You know, that's something that if you look at for Texas here the last couple of weeks, if they only played, you know, a half or three quarters, they'd be undefeated in the Big 12, and they would be in the driver's seat to win the Big 12 conference this season. Obviously, that's not the case because of how the games ended against Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. But now you get to get back on track or try to get back on track against Baylor, which is not going to be easy, coming off of two blown double-digit leads. That is just a very, very tough spot for the Texas Longhorns, and hopefully Steve Sarkeesian figured some stuff out uh, during that bye week. At number six, I've got the West Virginia Mountaineers. All right, so West Virginia in the number six spot up from number nine after an impressive road win at TCU. The offense looked as sharp as it has looked in weeks with Letty Brown leading the way at running back. And that 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 defense for the Mountaineers held a solid TCU offense that came into the game ranked third in the Big 12. They held them to 10 total points because TCU had a kickoff return for a score. Now, I'm not sure if this game is more of an indictment on TCU than it is a credit to anything Neil Brown has figured out during his bye week for the Mountaineers. But we'll get more clarity on that this week because the Mountaineers are hosting the Iowa State Cyclones, which, I mean, Iowa State deserves to be a pretty heavy favorite in that deal. But, you know, it's worth being intrigued to see how things play out. That's for darn sure. At number seven, the Kansas State Wildcats. K-State just solidly in that seven spot, it seems like, every week. No matter what happens, K-State, I think, has been in the number seven spot for like four weeks in a row now. Uh, But after a bad start against Texas Tech, They stormed back, got a 25-24 win over the Red Raiders. First conference win this season. Wasn't always pretty, but boy, did Chris Kleiman need that after sending to the media last week. Hey, I need you to be more positive, please. Can you be more positive? It's like, Coach, don't have your team lose games and we'll be really positive. I promise you. That's how this works, Coach. All right? That's how it works. At number eight, the Texas Tech Red Raiders falling from number six. Brutal weekend. They were 30 minutes away from being bowl eligible, and then they collapsed. And then Matt Wells got fired. And now it's not really obvious what direction this program goes. But I know this much: they've got Oklahoma this weekend, so it's not going to be easy uh, at all for this team. Uh, just no way. And I don't know how they're going to finish the year if they're going to play for Sonny Cumby, who's the interim head coach, who some people believe might be able to get to the job. I'd be shocked. To be honest, if Sonny Cumbie got this job, but let's see how it plays out for him here. Four games left against ranked teams. He's got nothing to lose. I know that much. And number nine, the TCU Hornfrogs. Frogs. I mean, TCU's a mess. TCU is an absolute mess. I thought TCU could be a dark horse team in the Big 12. That is turning out to be anything but the case. TCU is going to be fighting for bowl eligibility this season. I mean, the Horned Frogs uh, fell to three and four on the year they're one and three in the Big 12 they'll be lucky to get to a bowl game Gary Patterson is now 13 and 18 in his past 31 Big 12 games that's a bad number for Gary Patterson it's a bad situation for this team in terms of where it's at right now and you're looking at four straight years of mediocrity when they've recruited about third best in this league behind OU in Texas that's what makes it that much more disappointing and frustrating and then last but not least at number ten the Kansas Jayhawks I wanted to slide Kansas up the list because of how they played OU on Saturday but I just couldn't do it this team I know we give them a hard time every week but they deserve a ton of credit for their performance against OU ton of credit they still lost the game they've only got one win on the season so I'm keeping them at number 10 but kudos to Lance Leipold to this team on a gloomy dreary saturday morning in lawrence kansas showing up and playing their tails off against the oklahoma sooners and almost winning the game having it should have had a chance to win the game based on how that you know handoff fumble thing went between caleb williams and kennedy brooks there is your power rankings for week nine in the big 12 conference i'm pete mundo that wraps it up for us here this week don't forget to leave a rating and a review on the show we've got free koozies when you leave a rating and a review on iTunes. I've got 531 ratings and reviews, and you can get your hands on one of our Heartland College Sports koozies only by leaving a rating and review and then sending me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, that's M U N D O, at HeartlandCollegeSports.com. Uh, thank you to Jay Rich for this review. So glad I found it. Wonderful, unbiased coverage of every Big 12 school. Quick rundown of the weekend games, not just the powerhouse schools. If you're a Big 12 fan, this is a must subscribe. I'll definitely be listening every morning on my way to the office. That is very nice. Thank you for that, Jay Rich. Uh, Free koozie on his way after he sends me a screenshot of that rating on iTunes. And don't forget about MyBookie. You've got a can't-lose bet this weekend going on uh, in the NBA, so be sure to get on it at MyBookie.com. And our promo code BIG12 doubles your first-time deposit right out of the gates. MyBookie.com, promo code BIG12. Love you guys. We'll talk to you soon.